0: oh do we need to do I, a pop-up on Constantine you know I would love to be glad to because I, I haven't watched
1: it. that movie since it came out and I have no instantly recollection every I've no
0: Constantine and instantly everybody is like let me tell you something <laughs> <laughs> step off of Constantine okay <laughs> cut it Everything's I was so with tired a... of
2: everyone for the longest time being like the movie was terrible because it wasn't like the book, and I'm like, no, it, it wasn't was terrible great because it wasn't like it's like just because it's not like the book
0: doesn't mean it's bad. It's I put off re- I put off watching yeah, it because of
3: those. It got chilled
0: fucking Swinton, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Dude, Peter
4: Stormare. Yeah. Listen,
3: God, I love Peter Stormare.
2: To be like it has Peter okay. Stormare in it. I love him. <laughs>
3: Welcome to That Episode Was, We Are Popsicle. In today's episode, we will be offering opinions and reactions to The Sandman Episode 2, Imperfect Hosts, in which Dream of the Endless begins his quest to find his tools of power. The series was developed by Neil Gaiman, David Goyer, and showrunner Alan Heinberg. This episode was written by Alan Heinberg with staff writers Vanessa Benton and Catherine Smythe McMullen, and directed by Jamie Childs. Before we get started, let me introduce my illustrious co-host. I, of course, am Justin Peniston. But first, she is a prelude and a nocturne. It's Kelly Sue Milano. Hey, Kelly Sue.
4: Wow! (laughs) Hi! Ooh, I like that.
3: Next, we have the doll that lives in the house of our hearts. It's Claire Thorne.
4: Aww. I knew I was gonna be the doll's house. I don't know why I knew, but yeah, okay.
3: <laughs> um we all long to dwell with her in a dream country. We have Lisa K. Weber. <laughs> Hi, <Hello>. Hi Lisa <laughs> Hi Lisa. And finally, for every time there is a season of mists, where we find our fearless producer, Philip Kelly.
1: <laughs> oh. Hey Philip. Hey Justin. I, I always brace, I, I have to say, I always brace for impact with you when I'm the last person. And you you pulled the rug out from under me. That was very sweet. Thank you. I yeah.
3: almost never take shots at you there. <laughs> there. I almost not never at, not at, at, you
4: at you the there. top, <laughs> but immediately thereafter.
0: Like as soon as the introductions I are was over, it's open
3: often, season. You often <laughs> compel me to eventually take those shots.
0: <laughs> now he's out here being like, I hope your life is brief.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my
3: goodness <laughs> um so let's jump right in um right. in this second episode i feel like change begins to creep into the show more substantially uh if mm-hmm. you listen to our previous episode uh one of my personal complaints was i thought maybe that episode was a little too slavish in the comic but here we start really starting to, we begin to really branch out um in particular, the cast of characters in the show promises to be much more of an ensemble than we had in the comic. Uh, Ethel Cripps and her role has expanded, her thievery of dreams tools uh, had, has made her a broker of stolen valuables, and her son John D is no longer a disaffected JLA villain. Uh, Lucienne's role as librarian seems to be expanding into an almost major domo position. Uh, the Corinthian continues to be more of an antagonist, actively seeking to defeat Dream and bring him down. And even the Matthew the raisin is teased here—a full story arc early. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of all of these hangers on to Dream's flame-filled robes? Do you like the idea of seeing more of Lucien, more of Matthew, more of John D? Like how how is that hitting you? And especially for those of you who have only watched the first two episodes. Does just change your expectations for those characters' arcs? And so let's start with Philip, who never gets to start.
1: uh. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like it it's paving the way for surprises, which I like. Um, I like entering into something that I'm familiar with and being like, okay, well, maybe I'm not quite sure what's going to happen next. Exactly. Um, and that makes watching it, you know, even though there's a familiarity to these characters, it allows me to be surprised. And I, I enjoy that a great deal about what's happening here, especially with how they've expanded the characters. Like Lucien is, and, and Corinthian aren't afraid to like talk shit about or tell, you know, dream he's full of shit to his face, which, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Lucien does when he's about to go into the the pool of water, which was amazing, in, into the, the lake, mm-hmm. Lucien kind of is like, all right, dude, she's got that attitude toward him which is wonderful um there's more there's a more familiarity i i think than built in in regards to how the characters see each other um and how Mm -hmm. we're going to get to know the characters um uh, i like that the corinthian isn't wrong about what he says about dream necessarily like he has a reason to kind of be like well fuck that guy too you know there's there you know there's something about these characters that by bringing them in earlier, they're allowed to uh, v- voice their opinions about Dream and about the lead character and about this world we're in. That I'm really appreciating. That's, you know, mm-hmm. giving it a little more uh, life, I guess, or a different kind of life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Neil Gaiman sort of, and and we talked about this in the Dream Journal, and when we did Dream Journal too, how you know, you can kind of see Gaiman pulling stuff that's happening from the world around him as he's writing this, and probably coming up with ideas to build upon things that he's done as he's going along. Now he's getting the opportunity to be like, okay, that's how I wrote that. Now I'm going to take all these elements I love and kind of weave them together a little better, perhaps, uh, mm. you know, or or in a different way that that shows something more or different about the characters than what how I had originally presented them. Um, so I I like that about this quite a bit, mm-hmm. actually.
3: There's certainly a lot more characters with agency. Mm-hmm. I, I reread mm-hmm. today this issue of the of the comic series, yeah. and mm. really in that issue, really Dream is the only one really with agency. There's a little bit with Cain and Abel, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's about Dream, 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 Dream. And you're right, you yeah. know, in mentioning the Corinthian and, and Lucian in particular. Claire, how about you? What do you? What's your take on how? having an un, more of an ensemble affects the story.
4: Um well again yeah i think it fleshes out these other characters. I mean particularly with the corinthian, you know, i'm getting like the the it, vibes that we got sometimes in star trek about data like okay, here's this thing that was created by someone, but is he, you know, aside from the fact that he's, you know, um a scary dude and doing things that we don't want him to do like does he deserve to exist is he his own entity and yeah you know we're already grappling with the fact that that dreams selfishness the the fact that dream sees himself as this world and all things are from his point of view Um, we're having to grapple with like okay well does he really have the wherewithal you know the right to dust someone out of existence Mm -hmm. um and how is it affecting all of the other you know people that um are affected by mm. what's happened to him and what he does. So yeah, I think I think having all of these people and introducing them right up front and letting multiple storylines kind of move all at the same time is very good for reminding us that there is cause and effect here and that and that dream is going to have to acknowledge his effect on the world and his creations and Hmm. all of these things yeah Uh i think that gets to it that
2: it's like that's the value of the ensemble is Uh that if like without it he just like dream just gets to be way too navel gazy, which he already has a predilection (laughs) Uh toward. like these characters can kind of like bring him out and, like, point at what is going on. like i I love Lucian's ability to, like talk real to him. Uh-huh. and, um that kind of a relationship where it's like, you know, this was the episode where I was like, "Oh, this is very well timed because he's just come out of a very traumatic isolation. And isn't mm-hmm. that something that's familiar to <laughs> us all right now? Yeah, totally. And um, he's all like going forward, like, no, I'm going to fix it and it's going to be fine. And I, it's nice to have a character like Lucian there to kind of be mm-hmm. like, up, 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 up. Maybe like take a minute to like process your trauma. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Formulate possibly like a better plan. Whether he listens or not, it's like at least that. That yeah. element is there, and mm-hmm. and it gives us it, it gives us yet another in to a right. character that isn't always. What's the opposite of inscrutable? Scrutable? Scrutable? <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. I,
3: I, I felt in easy my to read, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like in the you know the there's there's, there is so much emphasis on dream, obviously in the comics, clearly. Mm. Um, and I appreciated it reading through it because the, the comic, I mean, a is so long, right. And there are so many offshoots and so many different stories and so many, you know, it's a meand it's a long meandering story. And so to have the focus be dream for a majority of it it helps to stay consistent with the story as you're reading through it right um but that's not interesting to watch you know and i that's why i loved that not only are they bringing in this ensemble um aspect but that i get to have more time with characters that mm-hmm. i would have wanted to have more time with mm-hmm. you know yeah um exactly. and Um, That was one of the reasons why I was so excited
4: to see the Corinthian at the offset. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Well, and dream is a very different character with different people. Like there's so many aspects of dream. And that's another thing I think Tom Sturridge is doing really well is... You know, conveying that difference when he's talking to Lucien at times like he you feel you can see and feel like that petulant teenager in him. Um And he's different, you know, with in different situations.
3: I am, um, you know, TV depends on multiple storylines in a way that comics don't necessarily, mm-hmm. and I think totally more than anything else. Like this, expanding these characters and making them more allows Mm -hmm. them to do that. You know, yeah. Um, And
0: I, I loved, um, Julie Richardson as mm. Ethel Cripps, Mm -hmm. and when I saw David Thewlis as John D, I was like, (laughs) yeah,
1: I know, right? I know. It was
0: like yes, yes. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Again, that
1: was uh, really spot on. uh, Spot on. on. He's one of my favorite actors, and I forgot he was in it. And when they showed him, I was like. (gasps)
0: Yeah, you know, like and I like... was, you know, I was totally like, okay, so we're not getting the horror of what we know as Arkham Asylum, and it's not this like, ah, <laughs> these aren't, these aren't presenting as like, you know, the sort of crotchety evil people that we sort of meet um mm-hmm. in the comic, and I loved that, Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. i Which love is,
0: that they brought some and i they're kind of doing that they're bringing this it's almost like an element of softness to these characters that are otherwise just like mm-hmm. john d is terrifying in the book
1: yeah like well, there was a the, the one thing that the comics the reason why it worked so well in comic form and the way they presented mm-hmm. it in the comics because they were ultimately throwing back to an older style of comic books too
3: like right, the, yeah. the
1: vault and the ec horror stuff so they had something that comic book readers could attach themselves to um and the way you know sam keith kind of drew drew it and and everything and and with this people watching the show are going to be like the, the, the vault what like they would yeah. i don't think visually they would attach themselves to something like that like comic book readers would have on the comic book so it's cool One, that they're... also
0: mm-hmm. this and this is a question for justin because i understand that they've they kind of stripped away like all of the John D. connection to the DC universe yeah. and well, to Dr. Destiny is not, and all of that.
3: Yeah, John D. in the comic was Dr. Destiny. Right. And the ruby, Sandman's ruby, was a rethinking of Dr. Destiny's Materiopticon, which was the... Device with which he, you know, warped reality. It's
0: the materia The
3: Materiopticon. I mean, it's a comic book. It's the bullshit. best. genius. Yes. Oh all right. All right. right up there with Starro the Conqueror. You know what I mean? Like, What's and, up, Starro? Um, yeah, they they had to strip all. They had to strip all that away. A because who wants the baggage of the Justice League on the show, mm-hmm. and B because it was lame. It's 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 antiquated. <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah. And John D is a super interesting character here, like way more because he was, he was terrifying in the comic, but he was also a little one note. He -hmm. was, he was still, you know, a mustache twirling. Yeah. uh -uh, I'm a villain. And I'm going to make do villainy things, you know, (laughs) that was just, that was just translated into really horrible villainy things. Right. Which was the order of the day in the late eighties and early nineties for comics. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that as I was watching this episode and getting introduced to John D so much like earlier, we do get introduced to John D in the second issue, actually, but not as much, not as substantively, you know, he's literally, it's one page, you know, Um, but uh, it immediately took me to, there are two really significant John D scenes in the comic. One is the diner, obviously. And then the other is the car ride when he's picked up as a Mm -hmm. hitchhiker. And for whatever reason, at this point, I was really thinking about that car ride and really thinking about that because the fact that he's not this gnarly looking little dude kind of puts a whole different, I was, and I was like, okay, I'm really interested in how that evolves. Um, But so let's move away from the ensemble and move away to something that I, again, instantly thought of. I spent these first two episodes flashing to my friend Claire Thorne Mm -hmm. so often so let's talk a little Um. bit about Cain and Abel you Um. know I think their portrayal is something of a harbinger of how the stories of side characters may play out differently over the course of the show but also Abel in particular was one of Claire's favorites you know she held him to her heart so as fans of the comic you know and this is specifically a people who read the comic sort of thing How did you like what they did with Cain and Abel? Did they meet your expectations? Did they exceed them? Did they fall short? Uh, What are your expectations for these characters that you've enjoyed going forward? (laughs) What would please you? What would disappoint you? Claire, we're Um, starting with you, girl. Oh,
4: yeah. I was worried, I, I will admit, I was excited. And I'm like, ooh, as soon as I, well, in the first episode when they're flying over and then you see the houses that are clearly like, getting just like that i was just mm-hmm. excited even at that moment but in this episode i i will admit i was a little bit worried and it wasn't about abel um abel abel is everything i want him to be like he's just oh uh, and it's so delightful to to hear and see him being oh mm-hmm. uh, just doing things it's amazing um but i was worried i was worried because at least through you know the initial part of that story as they're interacting Mm -hmm. with dream and doing things kane kane was not exhibiting his caneness right like i Uh and i'm like are they gonna shift this relationship and then nope um with one (laughs) pitchfork it's like oh nope we're going we're it's in the right place yeah i'm completely happy um And my God, did they nail Goldie! Oh my goodness! Like that's the Goldie's the best thing since Baby Groot. Like (laughs) for real, (laughs) the the facial Uh expressions—like they actually spent the time to to show it reacting to Abel's story—and like just too much, too much. It was so good. I yeah yeah. I'm and I'm I'm excited for Gregory. Oh my God! Oh, I know. Yeah.
3: I I I have mixed feelings about the Gregory thing. It is obviously the right choice, you know, because having Dream consume their contracts would have had no connection to I mean it barely works in the comic, to be honest. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like (laughs) it it, you know. Totally. But the problem with it was I had not formed the requisite connection to Gregory yet you know so it fell a little flat for me that was one place i was like i'm
2: gonna leave it to justin to say exactly how i felt about the gregory thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i knew i was like if anyone's going to capture it as eloquently as it needs to be captured it's gonna be justin because i felt the exact same way it was like as it was happening i was like okay i completely understand this like i understand the purpose of it um but yeah exactly like i had like they the connection hasn't been formed for this to mean, to for this to like hit as hard as yeah. they clearly want it to. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. um, because it was just like we just met this Gregory character, we've just met Abel and Kane, mm-hmm. so it yeah, it, cause, so to spend so much time really pumping like the drama and the swelling music and this like adorable Harry Potter esque creature yeah um is like I was like this it was the it was the most I was taken out of the show in all of my viewing of it yeah like of these first two episodes and then I've watched the first four at this point that moment was the was the most like I'm not in this I'm analyzing it instead of being Mm -hmm. a part of it
4: you know what I mean and I think part of I think part of that is because it is tied to the confusion I was having over the way they initially were presenting Kane. Like, Nothing. I was really confused as to why Kane was being all sympathetic and emotional over the loss of this creature. Like, that did not uh-huh. seem to fit his character at that point. And I think even if they had just changed that, it would have been more impactful because we could have seen more of Abel's desperation and. You know what I mean? Just like that would have made more sense. Maybe that would have helped a little bit, but yeah, we have not spent enough time with any of them yet to really, yeah. I was thinking
3: this and I I know that I'm the advocate (laughs) for not slavishly following the comic for doing their own thing to make their points. Yeah. But maybe what they did with Gregory, which on paper was the right decision would have worked more if Gregory had actually been the one to find dream wandering the outskirts of the dreaming mm. rather than just have him come stomping in do you know what i'm saying yeah if like we had given gregory something to do that meant something in the story mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. then you know and it would have made dreams seem so- that much more like you know kind of fucked up to then mm-hmm. unmake this thing that had just saved him you know what i mean yeah but yeah
0: it didn't totally bother me mostly because i was like God, Dream is such a selfish little shit. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that, she's
2: out of here. <laughs> she's done. She's done it's with
1: the well whole made series. Point, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Philip, I, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, the the uh, Gregory thing got to me. I, I enjoyed that. Cool. Uh, oh, does Kelly you want to continue? Now she's back. Back. Did you want to? Continue <laughs> the only thing
0: that? I was going to add to that <laughs> was that. It sets up Dream for being a little shit where he's like, well, I need to get my power back. And the only thing here that has my power in it is to take this adorable, sweet little thing that these people love. And I'm going to do that without even questioning it and then be like, well, that's how I feel about it. And now I'm leaving. Um, and then I also loved how, because I did feel that confusion at first. I was like, oh, are they going to just completely remove the cane murdering Abel all the time thing from this? That's a weird choice. But then when he does finally do the murders, I'm like, how did they pull off this, like, vibe of murder that is brotherly? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, how did they do that? Where it was like, (laughs) oh, look at him. He's being a big brother and just murdering his little brother like (laughs) brothers do. (laughs) You know, and then him like coming out of the grave and being uh-huh. like, well, blah, 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 blah. He rarely murders me before lunch or whatever. I was just <laughs> like, I, all
3: of that was. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I think I'm the only brother here with a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, And <laughs> violence between brothers, loving violence between brothers is a thing. It just is a thing. You know, it is my brother and I like. I may have even told the story before when I first came home from college to visit, like my brother expressed his love for me by trying to close my head in the door. Do you know what I mean? Like it was <laughs> like, it was, you know, like we hugged and then 10 minutes later we were wrestling on the ground. It was just <laughs> like, and it, you know, it, we weren't mad at each other at all. It was just how we interacted, you know? So loving violence between brothers is a real thing but i for me i i kind of i'm where i'm where lisa is the gregory thing in particular but the kane and abel stuff is the part that most has most fallen short for me like i didn't feel abel seemed a little too accepting of it he didn't seem to really long for a better time the way he does in the comic for a better situation and kane yeah wasn't as sharp you know, he wasn't yeah. as snarky and as
2: I also missed the sharpness. Mm-hmm. From yeah, from Kane, like to to introduce him as at uh, like to introduce him as this like um yeah like sympathetic like
3: this guy who wants to emotional yeah who would mm-hmm. yeah
2: feel emotional over the Character. loss of anything
4: right yeah, yeah. and then by yeah. the time mm-hmm.
2: he brings out his caneness, it almost feels too soft.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I I would agree with all of that even though the gregory thing did connect with me his sort of it worked for you yeah yeah it mm-hmm. did yeah, yeah. but I, I would agree with the kane and abel stuff though that that i would have liked to have seen uh kane being a little a little more harsh uh on, i yeah, still it, enjoyed
4: no, girving <laughs>
0: yeah, i like sure.
1: that that was a great line yeah. yes Go, yeah that was great yeah, Gold, i loved goldie that. was great and there was yeah. a
0: little bit of that in that conversation he's having with goldie there was a little bit of able sort of like a sense of longing for brothers that are brotherly you yeah, know? Once, yeah once once yeah.
3: but i thought it was there in the it was there in the words but it didn't feel there in the delivery okay in the direction i'm gonna you know to agree I'm with you
2: there because when i read that part in the books yeah. it's mm-hmm. like it that that moment got mm. to me more yeah. reading it than it did yeah. seeing it yeah I'll
3: say yeah, that. yeah. i'm yeah. gonna take all this like filial sibling like getting along this right now i'm gonna carry that to our break you know i'm gonna enjoy this while we have it so why don't you guys go and hug your siblings you know kill your brothers and we'll be right back this episode of the popsicle podcast is brought to
0: you this month by hunterblackcomics.com Hunter Black is the best damn hard-boiled fantasy webcomic on the internet. Just ask series creators Justin Penniston and William Orr. If Tarantino, Tolkien, and Tartakovsky made a webcomic, it might be half the two-fisted tale of blood-soaked revenge that Hunter Black is. Maybe. There's a new page every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday And it's absolutely free. So what are you waiting for? HunterBlackComics.com because you need a comic that'll kick your ass.
1: Bravo. That That was a feeling. That sounded really good. I mean, I'm happy with that. Me too. If Justin Justin isn't, then he can fuck himself.
4: I
0: hope you send him that in the recording (laughs) of that ad. I'm going to.
1: I'm going to. I, I, I think so. I think so.
3: If you're enjoying this conversation, you're in luck, because in September, we will bring you our next That Episode Was, Tackling Amazon's The Rings of Power series, and we'll follow that with our long-awaited deep dive into David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks with our throwback podcast series, That Gum You Like. And you should always keep your eyes out for more pop-ups. So for all those updates and things on all things Popsicle, follow us at Popsicle Pod on all the social medias. Join our mailing list at our website, popsiclepod.com, for all the latest news and announcements. That's Popsicle Pod, P-O-P, S-K-L, P-O-D. And on with the show. And we're back. And we're back with our hot takes. So I have a few hot takes. I hope you guys do too. Um, And I'm just going to jump right into them. Uh, I want to say, and I know I, because I made this comment when we did Dream Journal in the other direction. So I'm happy to make it this way now. Neil Gaiman's tendencies around race have really evolved since he wrote that comic. I cannot overstate how much I love that Lucienne is a black woman. That really means a lot to me. It's super powerful for me. Um, You know, uh, Vivienne, Akampong, you said? Akiampong. 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 Um, even has a slight Lynn Penniston vibe that I dig on, you know, which reminds me of my mom just a touch, and I'm I'm here for that. Um, hey,
0: Lynn.
3: I love that Cain and Abel and the Hecatai are Middle Eastern slash Asian. I think that's a powerful thing. Um, mm-hmm. Even in Good Omens, the fact that they chose to make Adam and Eve black people. That really hit me hard, you know. Mm-hmm. I just I'm loving that shit, you know, and well done. You know, you are not a young man anymore, Neil Gaiman, and it shows in a good way. Um, my next hot take. Uh, given what we see in the comic, and i sort of said this before, I sort of wish they had reused images of the palace exterior within the dreaming, not to mention the gates and the dreaming as a whole in this episode, because the, mm. the breakdown of the dreaming is what this episode was about. And I feel like we should have seen that on screen yep. better. Um, my other hot take we've already talked about, which was Gregory props to the idea of sacrificing him for power. I wish they pulled it off a little better. Um, mm-hmm. So those are my hot takes. Nice. Anyone else? Anyone else yes. have a, even a yes. lukewarm take that oh. to yeah. share?
2: <laughs> I'll let Phil go. Oh,
1: I thought he said first. I thought seeing uh, Trachtenberg's dream staring up at Morpheus when he looked into the water. The the Trachtenberg drawing,
3: did oh you? Dringenberg.
1: Dringenberg, Dringenberg. Thank you, Dringenberg. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. i um, seeing the the drawing version of him stare up at him was awesome.
3: I really love that. That too. was that pretty was awesome. I was like,
1: ooh, lovely. Um, that mm-hmm. and and I really did like the Hecate. I liked the way they were portrayed. Oh, my gosh, beautiful. Uh, really beautiful sequence, directed direction wise, performance wise. Mm-hmm. Everything about that sequence, from the pool of water to the Hecate, was just really wonderfully done. Yeah, you that's know?
0: exactly
2: what I was gonna say. Oh. I was like, because we didn't talk at all yeah. about like yeah. that that entire sequence of him traveling through the dreams to get the gifts for the Hecate, <gasps> which, was, which fun. was so rad. So like cool. so mm-hmm. rad. I so loved well done. Yeah. the yeah. realization of that. Um, yeah, that was. And also, I, and I'll just echo how excited I was to uh, see David Thewlis was going to be John D. Like, as soon as that, as soon as they showed that, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm.
1: So good. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's so good. good. He's real so good. so good. So
0: good. Um, yeah, really, really good.
1: I even like him in shitty movies.
2: He's, he's it's good as hell. Good. He's just really he's funny. one of
3: those actors who's had to grow on me over the years. Yeah when i first bumped into david Thewlis and something i w- was not feeling him but over time i've been like i don't know what was wrong with me it was clearly something wrong with me. because he's man.
0: <laughs> oh man i had a real cuz david Thewlis is uh he was professor lupin right mm-hmm. oh yeah yes yeah. Yeah. yeah and i had such a crush on him as lupin in harry potter i was like Hilly oh Sue. man if
2: I was a Hogwarts. I
0: mean, are you surprised, same? No. <laughs> if I was a student at Hogwarts, I would have struggled, is what I'm saying. That's how much I love him. He's so wonderful. Um, that is my hot take. Yes, of course, Lisa. We have the same brain. I'm not surprised. Um, I loved the scene uh with the Corinthian going to um Wait, that's this episode, right? Yeah, yeah. With yeah. Corinthian going to Ethel's mm-hmm. penthouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I when love she uses scene. the
2: amulet and he breaks apart. Damn, that yes. was cool so Yeah,
3: that was God. Cool. That and was cool. I, and yeah. I love that. Great he visual. Came back to himself in the dreaming
4: yes yeah i thought that was yeah.
3: really cool too yeah yeah um,
4: but in the it, same way and that 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 cgi was just like i haven't seen something quite like that before and i'm glad they're not was great. like doing just dusting all the time either you know
3: it's, oh man it, yeah, this yeah that was this should be gorgeous yeah it was, it was
4: really gorgeous great.
0: that whole stretch and i love the i just love the whole like southern gentleman vibe
1: coming mm-hmm. off this dude <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm like, yeah. what a perfect choice. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If
1: I were to create oh. the perfect nightmare, I'm gonna go with a southern gentleman with no <laughs> eyeballs. Yeah, it's it is.
0: You gotta be careful. Yeah, They'll you catch you coming yes. and going. Yes, oh. mm-hmm.
3: Well, I know that up. my perfect white my perfect nightmare would be a blonde-haired white dude. So yeah, with a knife. So that's yeah, uh, there you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, that's pretty it hits on, on all the levels, you know. It
0: mm-hmm. really does. And just like two. Too good of a dresser. Mm. Yeah. That's how you know something's not right. <laughs> Fucking psycho.
3: Um also. <laughs> hey, psycho. just for kicks, it's <laughs> a hot take. Um, this is a bit of a reunion for Alan Heinberg and David Sulis because they both worked on Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. There you hey,
4: go. how about that? That's right.
3: Anything else, Claire, got any hot takes for us?
4: I do. I, you know, I also loved the, all the visuals of especially dream tumbling through all of the, the dreams and nightmares. Um, yeah. And I was very interested because, you know, we get, we've talked before in the previous podcast episode about Tom Sturridge and like how he's vocalizing as dream. Um, I was. I've read a couple of interviews, one in which he mentioned that Neil Gaiman early on, as they were, you know, kind of rehearsing and getting the character together, Neil Gaiman had to tell him, stop being Batman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I read that too. Don't be Batman. Batman. Like, just stop being Batman. Yes. But Neil Gaiman's basic instruction for him was as he's this, he's one of the endless. So everything he says should sound like it's, it's carved in stone.
1: Mm.
4: And that like hearing that and then like hearing what Tom Sturge is doing with it. Like, I feel that, and we're getting so much narration from him.
0: Yeah.
4: And I'm starting to kind of see this as being like the toughest part of his job with this character is Mm -hmm. going to be taking something that would, would ultimately end up being very distancing and boring potentially over the course of a series as, you know, like making him sound like it's written in stone, like it, and also emoting while you're doing that. It, like, there's so much going on there and it's, yeah yeah, it's, he's really, it's, it's just, incredible you know, I'm only two episodes into it, but I just, he's really, really nailing it. Um, man, did Christian Bale know like the precedent he was setting?
0: <laughs> oh. With yeah. the Batman Who's voice? To say,
2: yeah, Who's to say?
0: He's what? probably like, yes, I did know the yeah, precedent. Yeah, I'm like, there's, a, there's an aspect of that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he's like, you think I didn't do that on purpose? Yeah.
3: I know
1: what's up.
0: Y'all and my other like, hot take I Christian <laughs>
1: fucking bail.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> I, my other hot like, take I don't, don't
2: think is... it was an accident or anything.
1: <laughs> I Christian bail things. That's what I do. That's
0: what I do. Listen, <laughs> that okay. dude goes 110%. It yeah. does. Yeah.
3: He my does other hot take, take is better or, or worse. Things, As they say.
4: My other hot take is if I do not get merchandising for Goldie, I'm oh, gonna oh, like the Goldie in the show. I'm I'm gonna be. I'm you sad. know, I bet they already have a Funko Pop. Oh yeah. I have
3: been thinking yeah. that I want for sure a big and tall Sandman themed T-shirt. Now, I need something <laughs> something that works for me. Yeah, you know. Ask anyway, and you uh, shall uh, receive. It, <laughs> it, it,
1: real quick, if I may, because I, one of your earlier questions, Justin, was you may. Uh, expectations for upcoming characters and I haven't gotten to meet Death yet and I have a feeling I'm going to cry when I do. Because mm. she's like my favorite character and I with the way oh. they've been nailing everything, I think that's gonna Do you know about o- open her? Open a bit of the floodgates a bit. Um outside of that she was
3: cast? No. <laughs> you don't have any idea who was cast? Oh no no yeah of course. Okay. Of course. Oh. Yeah. Um the first thing I saw, like really, before I even really saw much of a trailer, uh-huh. I they released that scene. A scene. I a scene. I haven't oh, watched. it yet. Yeah. scene. I haven't watched it yet. I re- I avoided it. And he was like, That's "If you right. want to know why I cast, why I chose yeah. this woman to play yeah. Death, this is why." Yeah, and it's pretty fucking spot on. Yeah, and like Ugh. if you are looking forward to Death, I'm simply gonna say, I don't feel like your expectation. I feel like your expectations will be met and then some
4: yeah Yeah. and again listeners justin is not talking about literal looking forward to his literal death he's talking about (laughs) the character in the show just in case you no, come I'm sure, in sure didn't
3: know that. I'm sure Justin. Deny it, However, <laughs> he
4: is not encouraging you to look forward to death at this I sport. would, not, look be shocked. To
3: my death I would not be shocked if Philip were looking forward to my death. Yes.
0: Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes. <God. laughs> what um, a bunch of nerds <laughs> for real, y'all.
3: So
1: on that note, Philip, that episode was. Uh, that episode was uh,
3: magnificent. Claire, that episode was
4: That episode was curving.
3: Curving.
4: Just... <laughs> I'm so delighted.
3: Lisa K. Weber, that episode was
4: A Journey. A Journey.
3: Kelly Sue that episode that was. That
0: episode was satisfying.
3: And I'm going to say that episode was really promising. hmm And yes. before we take it all, take all our balls and go home, <laughs> Lisa's got one more shot to make. She's going to make our recommendation. If you are enjoying Sandman... Perhaps you will enjoy whatever it is Lisa has to say. Lisa, I give it up to you.
2: Perhaps. Um, I'm not basing this recommendation so much on um, the show itself as much as the timing of its release. Um, Uh, Because on the same day that Sandman came out, something else that is worth everybody's eyeballs came out, and that is Prey, the newest Predator movie. Mm. Oh, It is a Tight 90. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: our favorite. Our favorite kind.
2: My fucking favorite. (laughs) Um, it's badass. If you are looking to just take a quick break from this epic story, you can wander on over here to it's just simply beautifully. Satisfying action, just do it. Just watch Prey, it's on Hulu. It'll only take you 90 goddamn minutes.
3: <laughs> yes, I want to say just to underscore what Lisa said I think it's the only honest to god true sequel to The First Predator. Yes, it's the only one that captures the essence of what that made that movie good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yet it's almost completely different. And it's wonderful. I, I agree have a, wholeheartedly. So good.
4: I have a question for Lisa. When you said it's worthy of our eyeballs, did you mean that in a Uh-oh. Corinthian sense? Or a... Um,
2: I meant it in any sense you're comfortable okay. with.
4: All right. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with the Corinthian in the eyeballs. So.
0: There is a not so direct connection to Predator via... Alien versus Predator, because mm. the Corinthian does have little mouths. It's true. <laughs> well,
2: there also, you go. So you can, can take you... a whole journey. If you like a little mouth, if you like little mouth, <laughs> then you can start with Alien versus Predator to get no. your alien little mouth on. No. And then you can watch <laughs> Prey because you've connected the dots. So then it'll
4: imagine? bring you all the
0: way back around to the salmon
4: can you imagine if his little eyeball mouse came out the way the alien (laughs) oh my god mouse did that would be okay boyd holbrook is
3: actually the lead in the predator
4: all of you have seen
0: that episode of family guy right
4: no where they well i know
0: i have but i don't know okay i'm gonna drop a link in the chat Because if you haven't seen the episode of Family Guy where they do a flashback to Ripley carrying Newt and running and getting stopped by the Mama Alien. alien. Oh my God.
3: You listeners out there, you guys should come back for episode three. We are going to watch Family Guy clips. So until (laughs) next episode, sweet dreams. This has been a Popsicle podcast production.